text today comes from Psalm 1. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Good morning. How are we? Good. Um, you have to forgive my a little bit of a raspy voice. Um, the Lord, or I should say the enemy, loves to time preaching in colds. And so, you know, um, so if I have a little cough or a raspy, weird sounding voice, you have to forgive me. But it's good to see you this morning. Um, it's good to be here. Um, if you are new to our church or you haven't um, been here in a while, I just want to kind of um, kind of paint a picture for you of where we've been the last couple weeks. Um, if you have been here the last couple Sundays, um, just by a show of hands, how many of you have been enjoying this sermon series on the Bible? I have been going to church for a long time, and I even uh, went to private schools my whole life growing up, and I don't know, like, either, other than, like, Bible class, I don't know that I ever, like, sat in a sermon or in a sanctuary and listened to a sermon where we just talked about, like, what exactly is the Bible, and, like, how should our heart posture be and our attitude be as we approach it? I, I don't know that I've ever sat in a sermon. Maybe I just wasn't listening, um, which is possible. But, uh, but I don't know that I've ever sat in a sermon series about that. And so I've just found, for me, even as a long-time believer, that this sermon series has just been really good and really healthy. Um, so, like I said, for those of you, if you're visiting for the first time, um, I guess I should introduce myself. My name is Amber. Um, I'm not one of the staff members here at the church, um, but I am one of the elders here at the church. I also help oversee the small group ministry um, and on the preaching rotation. So if we haven't met, I'd love to meet you outside in the lobby after church. I will be out there. But, but that has been what we've been talking about the last four weeks has just um, really taken a deep dive into what is, and more importantly, the last three weeks, we've talked about what should be the posture of our hearts and the attitudes of our minds as we approach reading it. And I think that that's really important because I'm sure you could agree with me that the attitude that we carry into something greatly impacts the way we experience it or have a relationship with it. Would you agree with that? Like the attitude I carry into work greatly impacts the type of day I'm gonna have at work. And the attitude I carry into my relationship with my friends or my coworkers or my husband, that's gonna greatly impact the exchange or the, the, the quality of the relationship that we have. And so taking time to think about how do I, how, what it should the posture of my heart be as I open up the scriptures? So we've answered some really important questions of what is the Bible and how should I approach reading the Bible? But I believe that there is one really important question that we have not addressed yet 
that we need to address this morning. In fact, I think, if I could be so bold to say, that this is probably the most important question that we have to answer before we even begin reading our Bible. So I'm not going to tell you that question just yet because I like the element of suspense. Actually, I don't enjoy suspense at all. I don't enjoy anything that feels like anxiety. But um, I think to kind of set up the uh, to set up this question, I would like to share a little bit with you guys um, just my own personal journey um, with my relationship with the Bible. Okay, can I share a little bit about myself with you this morning? Cool. I saw a couple head nods, so they win. Um, All right, so many of you who do know me know that I'm a teacher. Um, I work for Lancaster City Schools, and specifically, I'm not just like um, like a teacher where you have a whole classroom. I'm actually an intervention specialist, so that means I work with students with different learning disabilities, different cognitive disabilities. Um, But what some of you may not know is why I got into this field that I'm in. Um, So the reason why I was so interested in special education was because I personally experienced a lot of difficulty in school growing up. Um, It did not take me very long to realize that I was not like my peers, especially being in private school. Um, You you typically have a lower population of students with disabilities in private schools. Um, And so um, it it did not take very long for me to figure out that I was not like my peers. Um, So just to kind of give you an example of what school was like for me, um, most of you should have taken at least one, if not two years of foreign language in high school, right? Probably most of you took Spanish. Maybe a few of you fancy people took French or something. But most of us got the joy of taking Spanish in high school. And I don't know if you've ever experienced, like, you can, like, have a sentence or a paragraph in Spanish in front of you, and you can, like, kind of read it, right? But then, and, like, the really good people have, like, the accent, yeah? But then if I were to ask you, like, what did you just read, you'd be like, "Uh, I don't know. Have any of you ever had that experience? Like, you can read it. But, like, you have no idea what it was said, right? That was my experience all through school, okay? Anytime I were to go to read something, I could read it for the most part. But if you were to ask me what it is I just read, there was, like, a disconnect in my mind. And I just had no idea. I could get, like, some bits and pieces of what I was reading, but I just really had no idea what I was reading, so that's, that's a little bit about me. That's why I um, chose to become an intervention specialist and work with students with disabilities, because I knew what that felt like. I knew that I wasn't dumb. I knew that I knew a lot of things, but I just couldn't always get it out, and I didn't always understand what it was that I was reading. Um, so I want you to imagine for me the conflict that began arising in my person as I'm growing up in a Christian environment, all right, and it doesn't take long to be in a Christian environment to know that Christians do, or at least are supposed to do, like three basic things. You go to church, you pray, and you read your Bible. So I want you to imagine the conflict that this begins to bring up in my person, okay? So I know that reading this is something really important. And and yeah, like sometimes it feels like an obligation, like I have to, but like I I also kind of wanted to. Like I knew that this was my access to words from my father, 
And, and so I did kind of want to, even though, you know, like, I don't know how often teenagers really want to read. That's not been my experience in school anyway. And yet, any time I open it up and I try to read it, I just don't understand what I'm reading. So fast forward into my high school years. I actually go to Fairfield Christian Academy. I know that many of you are familiar with um, that school and that church. Um, So we were in high school, and we were doing what any typical 16-year-olds would do. We were talking about scripture on the way to our next class. And, um, And my friend and I were talking about, like, what this verse meant And my friend said something. She said, well, you don't actually know what the verse is saying until you look at the verse in the original language, and then you understand what those words mean. And she wasn't wrong, right? Like, a really useful Bible reading tool is to to get some kind of access to a concordance that helps you learn, like, the Greek or the Hebrew. She wasn't wrong. But what I heard was, hey, you know that English thing you can't even read? You actually have to translate it twice and try to figure it out. And so the words that came out of my mouth were, well, if the words from God are just an impossible puzzle, then I'm never going to figure out what's the point of even trying. Those were the words that came out of my mouth. The words that came out of my heart was a wall. I was no longer interested in even trying to read the Bible. Because when I opened up the words... Not only did I not understand it, not only did I feel like it was something I needed to do but couldn't, but it just made me feel dumb. And I thought, what is the point? And so I cut off from scripture, and I did anything in my power to just avoid it. That was my relationship with the Bible for a long time. Um, fast forward again, and I'm, at, I'm in about my sophomore year of college. Um, I actually went through three colleges because the first college I went to, um, I could not keep my grades high enough to get into the um, education department. And so I came back home. I was living in Virginia. I came back home. I went into another college. They just sent me a letter in the mail saying, sorry, your grades aren't high enough. We don't want you to come back. And so I was getting ready to enter into my third college, and I just was feeling really hopeless. I was feeling really discouraged. I was feeling really dry. And I just needed some kind of hope. And I was in my bedroom and I remembered, for whatever reason, I know that it was the Lord, but um, it seemed random at the time. Um, I remembered this thing that someone gave to me as a present um, when I graduated high school. And this shows you just how much they knew me. It was a book. And uh, they were like, here you go. Here's a present for you. Congratulations. Uh, But I kept it, whatever. And I decided I was going to pull it out. And you know what it was? Uh, I'm going to bet you like at least half the room is going to know what this is. So it was the little brown devotional called Jesus Calling, written by Sarah Young, right? And it's like wonderful because there's like a day for each day of the year on top and then you have like, a, like one Bible verse and then like a devotional and then I think a prayer. And so um, I pulled it out and I did what every normal person does. I went to my birthday and I like read the little Bible verse and then I read the little devotional and it felt like something just like fell on me. And it felt like life breathed into my body 
And I felt just like that, you know, like when you're trying to like start a fire and that little spark goes like, but then it goes away. That's what it felt like. That's the best way I can think to describe it. And I just thought, I need more of that. Like, I have to have more of that. And so I was thinking, like, where else could I find something like this? And I remembered, now this is going to, like, show you my age. That sounds weird to say because I know I'm not that old. But, like, my, this will show you my parents' age. Okay, let's say that. I remembered this thing that came in the mail every month called the Daily Bread. Anyone of the daily bread? Yeah. And my dad would get one every month in the mail. And so, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get one of those. And then on my way to there, I realized, oh, he keeps that in the bathroom. I don't want to touch that. So I run back to my room, and I open up my laptop because I grew up in the age of um, technology. And I just Googled thedailybread.com. And sure enough, they put their daily devotionals on there as well. Um, And so same thing, a little Bible verse, a little devotional, probably a little prayer, but I probably skipped that part. Um, And the same thing happened. It felt like life was being blown into my body. And for the first time, I was feeling hope. Nothing about my situation changed, but I felt hope and I felt life come into me. And so then I did it again. And I went to a website called BibleGateway.com because back then I think that was the only Bible website uh, that I knew of at least. And sure enough, they had all kinds of devotionals, devotionals based on verses, devotionals based on topics. Um, You could search devotionals based on people that you liked. And I was kind of a nerd because I went to private school, so I was like, I want Charles Spurgeon devotionals. And so I pulled up his devotionals, and I read his for the day, and the same thing happened. And it was from that point on, the next day, I did it again. And then the next day, I did it again. And then the next day, I did it again. And I didn't stop doing it. So why am I telling you this story? What does this have to do with reading the Bible? Well, in order for me to go from closed to open to this word, I had to find access to my why. You see, before I was in that place, like, I was being fed all the time without really having to try. I had Bible class every day. I went to chapel every week. I went to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. So I was getting plenty of feeding all on my own. But it wasn't until I got to a place where I was feeling desperate and I was needing a word to lift me up and I was needing something just something to give me hope. And that was enough to reopen me up to being willing to even try to read from the Bible. So, back to the, probably the most important question we have to ask ourselves is, why do we want to read the Bible? Do we know our why for wanting to read the Bible? And this sounds like a really obvious, simple question, but if you ask anyone who does any kind of coaching or counseling or goal setting, which is a really large part of my job, is like setting up goals in IEPs uh, for these students to show progress, if you were to ask anyone who helps people along in their journey of achieving goals in their life, they will tell you that the number one hurdle that gets in their way from them being where they are to being where they want to be 
is not knowing their why. They think that they know why they want that thing, and so they set a goal that sounds good, and then it doesn't take very long for them to, to fall off the bandwagon and to not, um, to not continue achieving the goal that they set out to achieve. And almost every single time, it's because we haven't really accessed the real thing that we value that leads to the goal that we want to accomplish, which is answering what is our why. So I can't give you my why. That's the hardest part about this sermon. I can't, I can't give you my why for why I want to read scripture. My why today is different than it was back in that story that I told you. But I, I cannot physically give you my why. That has to come from you. So if you are like, I would say, the majority of us in this room, and you find yourself saying, I, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible, but I, I don't do it as consistent as I would like to, I would like to propose this morning that maybe we need to spend a little bit more time thinking and praying and journaling about why we even want to read it in the first place. And maybe your answer right now is, I don't want to. That was where I was at one point in my life. I don't want to read it. And I feel like someone in the room this morning needs to hear that asking why is not a sign of disrespect. I grew up being told, don't ask why, just do as I say. Right? That's a very common phrase to hear in a household growing up that doesn't make you a bad parent or a bad teacher or a bad leader if you've said that. But we are used to hearing, like, don't ask why, just do as I'm told or do as you're told. And I believe that someone in this room this morning needs to hear that asking why is not a sign of disrespect. When I interpret my students asking me why, as disrespect, it's because I have misplaced my identity. And they are, I feel as if they are questioning my authority. But here's the thing, the Lord is not going to feel disrespected by you asking him, why should I read the Bible? Because he doesn't question his identity and he doesn't question the authority that he holds. He is confident in the truth that he has for you. He's confident in the promises he has for you, so he's not afraid of you asking, why should I even read it? Because he's confident in every answer he could possibly give you. So asking why is not disrespectful. It is a healthy, natural, human experience, and we have to not be afraid to ask it. I'd like us to turn this morning to our teaching text in Psalm 1, because I believe found within the scripture that we sometimes have a hard time being faithful to enter into, we can actually find some great reasons why we would want to read it. Again, I can't give you a why. I'm just going to share with you some things this morning that may be a why that resonates with you, okay? So in Psalm 1... We read that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, 
nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, who is he? The blessed man, right? The blessed man doesn't do these things, but he does delight in the law of the Lord. Now, ironically, when I read this, I would always associate laws with rules, right? Because that's what we think of, the laws are the rules that we follow. But in the Bible, when they reference the law, it's actually, and I realize how ironic this is, but it is the Greek word, Torah, which is actually the Old Testament, the first five books of the Bible. So what it's saying is, his delight is in the scriptures, or the words of the Lord, And on his words, he meditates day and night. It goes on to say that he, who is he? The one who delights and meditates in this. The one who delights and meditates in this is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield fruit in its season Its leaf does not wither, and all he does prospers. Now, Psalms is poetry. And poetry, um, as Tim Mackey likes to say, um, poetry invites us to make a cup of tea and go for a walk. Okay? So poetry isn't just like black and white. It It invites us into pondering, into thinking, into imagining, what does that mean for me? What does it look like? What does this look like for me? So, what does it look like? What would it look like for you to be a tree planted by streams of water? Because that's what this word has to offer you. What would it look like for you to yield fruit in season. What fruit are you waiting to produce? What would it look like for you to have leaves that do not wither? What would it look like for you to prosper in all that you do? Your why for reading the Bible Maybe because you desire to be a tree planted by streams that yields fruit, that doesn't wither, and that all you do prospers. But again, I can't give you your why. That has to come from you. Um, Another great example, it's actually a verse that we've looked at a couple times throughout this series, um, comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll have it on the screen here um, if you don't have time to flip to it because it's like on the other zip code of the Bible. Um, But chapter 3, if we go down to verse, oh, what did I tell you? 14, there we go. Um, This is written to a man named Timothy. And they're actually, um, Paul is actually talking to Timothy about the Bible. And he says, as for you, Timothy, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. He's talking about the Old Testament. The sacred writings, which are able. This is what the scripture does for us. It is able to make you wise for salvation 
And that word salvation, we often think of as like, I was once on the way to hell, but then I said I believe in God, and so now I get to go to heaven. This isn't that kind of a salvation. This is like ongoing rescuing. That freedom that Johnny talked about a couple weeks ago that the Lord has for us in this, that's what they're talking about. The sacred writings which can make you wise for your freedom, for your rescuing, through faith, If you've been going to Alpha, week three, we talked about faith is just simply trusting in who Jesus says he is. So the sacred writings give you wisdom for your rescue through trusting in Jesus. How many of you need wisdom this this morning to lead you to a place of freedom? or to a place of rescue? How many of you are seeking answers or direction for the sake of your freedom and your rescuing? That is one of the reasons that you may have as a why for why you'd want to read this book, because it leads you to that wisdom. Now, we don't, I, I don't want to um, miss another element of my story that I think is really important to, um, to, to being able to not only know what the Bible is, to know how to approach it, and to know why I'd want to read it, but another thing that, that um, as I was reflecting over my story that the Lord kind of showed to me was um, when I thought about, like, why did I begin to become open to the Scripture, I realized um, not only did I figure my, out my why in that moment, but I also found a tool that gave me access to the Scripture, right? If you remember in my story, I didn't become desperate enough and then open the Bible. What did I open? I opened a devotional, right? So I found a tool that gave me access to the scriptures. I needed someone to tell my 16-year-old self, like, Amber, you don't have to just open the Bible and read it cold and expect to just understand it and to start experiencing transformation. It is okay and helpful and profitable to use other tools alongside of scripture to help you make sense of it. I understand that like sometimes when people come up here and preach about scripture, it gives the appearance of like, we read the scripture and then we meditated and then this like epiphany came and then we had words to share with you. But that's not how it works. If any of you have ever done any kind of preaching prep, like we use tools to help us understand the scriptures and then we come and we share it with you. That is a very natural and healthy thing. So if you find yourself having a hard time getting into the word, not only will understanding your why be helpful, but also getting access to tools that, that allow you, excuse me, to gain access to scripture would be very helpful for you. Um, one really great one that helped me, I just went out and bought a different translation of a Bible. As silly as it sounds, and I know like for many of us, if you've gone to church for a long time, you may have different um, beliefs or thoughts or feelings about different um, translations, and that's fine. I'm not here to argue which translations are better or worse or whatever, but um, I went out and I bought a message translation because 
sister was like reading at like a fourth grade level, so I needed something pretty basic. And I opened it up, and it was like I had like, the Bible had been hiding from me the whole time. And it was just as simple as a different translation, right? Or a little devotional that just took like one little verse, gave me someone else's reflections on it, and it made it come alive for me. Those are just a couple examples. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have the worship team come up, but I just kind of want to recap for you. So everything that we've talked about this morning. Um, when I first started preparing for this sermon, um, and I realized there's going to be people in the seats that are going to start squirming because they're like, oh no, she's talking about me. But I like sent out a really mass text message to a bunch of people, and I said, share with me your experience of what it's like for you to read the Bible. And the two, number two, the top two things that people said to me was, it's hard to understand, it says confusing things, and quite frankly, I just don't make the time to do it as consistently as I would like. So if you are like the majority of the people that I know in my life, and you find yourself in one of those two categories, then what I want you to hear this morning, what I want you to walk away knowing, is that first and foremost, we have to get in tune with our why. Um, one really great way to do that is to ask yourself why, share your answer out loud or write it down, and then ask yourself why again. Like, well, why is that important? And then once you have that answer, ask yourself why again. Well, why is that important? This is a practice they taught us in Emotionally Focused, if any of you have gone through that. Um, so, for example, why would I want to read the Bible? Well, because it's God's word and I think it's important for me. Okay, well, why is God's word important? Uh, because God's word gives me wisdom um, and it um, can give me hope. Okay, well, why is wisdom and hope important? You see what I'm doing? Every time I ask why, I'm getting a little deeper and a little deeper into the real root of what it is that I value about this book and why I want to read it. So ask yourself why and then ask yourself why five more times. Okay? And then second, consider finding a tool that you have never used before that gives you access to the scriptures. Again, that can look like a devotional book, a different translation. Um, there are so many apps on our phones. They give us reading plans. Um, another really helpful one, I think, is just not reading it alone. Like, ask a friend to read a book with you, and you can text each other like once a week, like, hey, this is what I read. Did you read that really confusing verse? That was really weird. Or this is what I'm getting out of it. Do it with a friend. Don't do it alone. Um, we've already talked about things like Bible Project. They have free classes on Bible Project. Um, Bible Recap is a beautiful app. Um, um, also some resources that I personally love that are free. Um, BibleHub.com and Step Bible. Those are two resources. You can look up any verse in any translation, and it can give you the Greek and Hebrew of all of those words and what they mean and can link you to other verses that the authors are expecting you to automatically connect. So there are so many um, resources that we can access to help make the Bible come alive for us. Don't settle for just settling. Okay? Um, Lastly, we are going to begin a sermon series starting next week on the book of Jonah, and our goal is to kind of model for you what could it look like, what could I do as I'm reading scripture. 
And so um, if you're wanting something specific to read, you could start reading through the book of Jonah. And you can do what I like to have my students do when we read for the first time. We just write down, I notice, I wonder. I notice this. I wonder this. I noticed the book of Jonah's only four chapters. I wonder what it smelled like in the belly of the fish. Whatever you want. Write down, I notice, I wonders. And then actually bring them next week. Because we're going to start, like I said, walking through, doing one chapter a week, and just modeling for you what could it look like as you read through narrative and poetry. And